0: Welcome back to episode two of Fun of the Run podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, also known as Waddell Running Lady on Instagram, where I post all kinds of crazy reels and posts and stories just detailing my life, my running life. Before we continue, I wanted to just remind you that you can always reach me at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com. You can suggest things that you would like me to talk about. Ask me questions. Just give me feedback on this episode, or just say hi. And also feel free to reach out through direct message on Instagram at Waddell Runway. Okay, without further ado, let's get started with this episode: Your Pace or Mine. I'm not the only one that notices when they're on social media a lot of posts that talk about well today I had an easy run quote unquote easy and I just had a really hard time slowing down I was supposed to run easy just couldn't do it the legs just wanted to go well I'm going to stick my neck out here maybe a little bit too far and just tell you that I have never ever 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 had a hard time slowing down on my easy days. Now, I'm going to just tell you a little bit about what easy days mean as far as runners are concerned. You probably already know this, but in, just in case you don't, I have a running coach and his name is Ben Jacobs, and the company he works for is Run for PR. So I every day look on the Training Peaks app and see what Coach Ben has for me to do. Today, for instance, I have four easy miles with strides. So, if I go down to the bottom of of the little um trying to think what it's called, where he inputs my workouts, he defines what easy means and basically he's like we want this, we want to keep your easy days easy, your hard days hard. This should feel like a really easy effort to get you ready to run faster when you need to. So, easy doesn't mean oh, this is just easy and it feels easy. It's not going to feel easy. It's just the amount of effort that you're supposed to give this particular run. So what I'm saying is when I go out on an easy day, I'm never tempted to, I'm just gonna speed through this because that's what I, I running is really hard for me. And I don't ever have a hard time slowing down on my easy days. So I don't know, I'm interested to, to hear if anybody else agrees with me on that. There was one time I was hiking and I wasn't allowed to run because it was a rest day from running. That day I wanted to run, but on a day I'm supposed to run, I don't ever think, oh, I wish I could run faster. That's just, that's just how I am. Well, okay. So I'm going to leave that up to you. I, I particularly love to run slow and I love to run far and I know slow is a relative term and we're going to get into that, but I just, it's something that I see all over instagram in particular that you know people will say oh speed work day is my favorite day of the week because i love running fast and that's just really hard for me to relate to because i would much rather go out for a three hour long run than do a one hour fartlek workout or um a tempo run or you know 400s or 800s or you know a threshold run i just oh i dread those types of workouts hate, hate, hate. Okay. I dread speed work days, but I understand and recognize the purpose of them. And obviously I want to become a better runner and improve myself. So I know they're necessary. I know they're helpful. And of course I do them, but I just still don't like them. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and get into a little story that I wanted to tell you about that has a huge impact on my running journey. And I will preface this story by telling you that this story is going to sound like I'm throwing my husband under the bus. And I guess I am technically, but I will also tell you that he, despite what you're going to hear when I tell you this story, he is seriously my biggest supporter. He flew with me to Chicago when I ran the marathon there, lugged my luggage, helped me out, went to the store and bought me spaghetti, whatever I wanted after the marathon. He drives me to races. He, you know, it's, it's, I can joke enough now about it that, how can I say this? I feel comfortable enough in his support of me that I can make reels on Instagram joking that, yay, you know, you're so lucky you get to support me for another year. You get to sponsor me for another year of running. So he is very, very supportive. And I'm just going to tell you that before I tell you this story. Okay. Uh, One last thing, we are coming up on 30 years being married this May. So hopefully this, me telling this story publicly doesn't, you know, cause that to not happen. But let's go ahead with this story. So in episode one, I told you that I had run my first 5K and that I was going to run another one two weeks later because it was part of that same race series. Well, I think I also mentioned that I was going to run a 10K that same fall. So we're talking about eight weeks later from the second 5K that I ran. So I went ahead and downloaded the Nike Run Club app and I started training for a 10K. And back then, I don't know how it is now because I don't use the app for training anymore. But back then you could put in the date of your race and you could put in how many days a week you wanted to run and it would just kind of generate this plan for you and it, it, was, it was actually very, very helpful. So that's what I used. Well, my husband found out that I was going to run this 10K, and he said, well, I want, to, I want you to sign me up too. Now, my husband is not a runner to this day. He was not a runner then, but he continues to do CrossFit. He was doing CrossFit then. He does CrossFit now. So I didn't know a lot back then about you know, training for races as far as like, should you, you know, should you train for this distance or can you run it without training? I knew I personally couldn't run 10 K without training for it. Somehow that subject must have come up because I remember specifically my husband saying, I don't need to train for this race because I'm a CrossFitter. Okay. Now I'm not dissing CrossFitters. If you're a CrossFitter, I love you, but this is what my husband said. Okay. He said, I don't need to train because I'm a CrossFitter. So it kind of like, you know, it was like annoying because here I am in a sense, you know, just, I'm being consistent and doing everything that this training plan is telling me to do day after day, week after week until we get to the starting line and he's just off doing CrossFit, you know? So anyhow, we get to the start line of this race. And it was the Eagle Down 10K supporting special service special forces of the military. And we get there and, you know, we start and we're running. And this was another one of those out and back courses that I talked about in my last episode with a sandwich board. So when the first runners would get to the turnaround point, they would head back towards the finish. So I could see how many people were ahead of me in this 10k so i saw my husband at some point and i wasn't even to the turnaround yet so i knew he was a significant distance ahead of me i knew he was going to finish before i finished you know it stuck in my craw a little bit but it's like whatever okay you know so but when i reached the turnaround point i could also see how many people were still behind me so i knew that i was not last i knew that whatever, you know, I wasn't really thinking along those, those lines too much. So 10 Ks are hard. I I don't know what your opinion is, but I I do not love racing 10 Ks. They are, they are hard. It's just to me. It's a mentally hard distance. Okay. But I am doing it. And in my own mind, I'm crushing this thing. It's my third ever race. And, you know, coming from a quintessential couch potato to wow I'm running another race like wow like my life is so amazing right now like I'm really doing this thing so I come up to the finish line and I'm like yes you know I'm so excited and I'm so proud of myself and here I am gonna cross this finish line of my third ever race and wow I can't believe I ran 6.2 miles so I look up and there's my husband standing there at the finish line and he's got his medal on already because, you know, he already crossed and he already finished. And as I'm approaching the finish line, his mouth opens and listen to what he says. <laughs> this is hard to talk about. He says, what took you so long? I was, I was really getting worried about you. Sorry. The, the pride and the joy that I had just felt approaching that finish line, just, it just evaporated at that moment. I, I felt I deflated like that joy just deflated. And I don't, I don't even know if I, if I answered him or if I said anything, but I crossed, I went ahead and crossed the finish line. Somebody handed me a medal and I I didn't even know what to say and I didn't even know what to do. It was like the whole day was ruined. And again, he said, he, he said, what took you so long? And that he had been really worried about me. So we're standing around, you know, waiting for the award ceremony because wonder of all wonders, my husband won first place in his age group for the 50 to 54 year olds he won first place in the 10k and so we stood there and waited for him to get his award i'm thinking in my mind i'm thinking i'm a loser i'm a loser i thought i was doing really good i thought by running and by doing these races and by being consistent in my training, I really thought I was doing something amazing. And I wasn't, I look at me, I'm a slow loser and all of this is going through my mind as he's getting his award. As we're driving to the coffee shop, we plan to after this race have coffee and breakfast and just kind of a little date. Of course I wasn't really feeling that now, so we get to the coffee shop and meanwhile, he just cannot understand why I'm upset. He cannot figure out why I am so upset and I'm not, you know, throwing a fit or anything. I'm just, I'm quiet and I'm just kind of thinking and I'm not ignoring him or anything, but I'm just, I'm devastated. So I looked on my phone, I looked up the race results and lo and behold, I had actually won third place in my age group because it turned out that two women ahead of me with faster times, they had only run the 5K, not the 10K, and they didn't tell anybody. So they were obviously, uh, you know, those those times didn't count. And so I had gotten third place, which whatever, maybe there were only three women in my age group. Who cares? I still won third place. It helped a little bit, I'll be honest, to soothe my my soul. But that day, that that was the day that I realized that I was quote unquote less than, that I was less than. I didn't know until that day that that I was not just a typical runner, if that makes sense. I didn't realize that there was such a thing as I'm not good enough in this sport. I don't I don't know if I'm explaining this correctly. But I really from that day started questioning myself. So, I was already signed up for a half marathon that was going to happen a few months later. I used the Nike Run Club app to train for that too and ended up running my first half marathon in 2 hours and 45 minutes. That's not fast by any means, but that is one of my fastest times to that day, to this day. When I finished this half marathon, again, I was really proud of myself. And what what happened after that first 10K that I just told you about is I learned that I didn't want people to come to my races because I didn't want to risk them waiting for me for a really long time. I did not want them to have to wait around because I was so slow, okay? Again, I know slow is relative. We're gonna talk about that a little bit later. So um, I finished the half marathon. My husband, as far as I know, did not see me cross the finish line. He was there in the area because he drove me there an hour away from our house. And there's a huge finisher's area and he had plenty to do and booths to look around at without, I I think I even specifically told him, do not wait for me to cross the finish line, go do something else. Because I just couldn't deal with criticism again, or him waiting and asking me why it took me so long. I couldn't handle that again. So I was, it worked. It was fine. I was happy. I was so excited. I did a half marathon. I was on top of the world again. And two days after that race, Mesa Marathon sent out a, like an email blast saying, Hey, save, 40 bucks if you sign up for next year today. And I had been rolling the idea over in my mind of doing a full marathon. And so I thought, oh, why not? You know, so I clicked and I signed up for February of 2020. So we're talking a whole year out from from this half marathon. So if I I have a saying if I pay for it, I'll train for it. So I knew that it, since I paid for this that I would train for it. There's a general rule of thumb, at least that I've heard in the running world, that if you don't know what your marathon time is projected to be, like let's say you haven't run a full marathon yet, well, a lot of times when you sign up for a marathon and you register, they want to know what your projected finish time is. Well, how do you know what your projected finish time is if you've never run one, right? So there's a general rule of thumb. You take your, a recent half marathon time, multiply that by two and add about 20 minutes. So I did that and I took my two hours and 45 minutes, multiplied it by two, which took me to five hours and 30 minutes. I added 20 minutes. That took me to five hours and 50 minutes. Well, the cutoff time for Mesa full marathon was six hours. They've since changed it to six hours and 30 minutes, but In 2020, it was six hours. When I found that out and how close that I would probably be coming, I started really stressing and thinking, oh no, I didn't realize that this was even a thing. I didn't even think about cutoff times or course limits. I didn't know that was a thing. And so uh, I ended up just trying to decide, do I use this Nike Training Club app again? And I'm sorry, Nike Run Club app, or what should I do? Well, I ended up finding run for PRs on Instagram and I had been following them for a while now on Instagram and I don't know, I probably reached out first, I'm not sure, but somehow it all worked out to where I ended up signing on with run for PRs in June of 2019 because I was scared to death that I was not going to make the cutoff for my first marathon. So I didn't know... Like I already told you, I didn't know until that day at the 10K that I was slow. I I didn't know that. And I'm sure I would have figured it out at some point, you know, do enough races or run with enough people and you'll realize there's different speeds of runners. But that experience gave me kind of a phobia of being last at races. So fast forward to February of 2020, I'm running my first full marathon at Mesa Marathon. And I'm not going to tell you the whole story because I would like to save that for a future episode. But I was struggling at mile 18 and I had some friends run onto the course with me and they ended up running the last eight-ish miles with me. But I kept in that last eight miles looking around to see if I could see anybody else behind me. And there were times when I couldn't, I couldn't see anybody, and I was paranoid that I was last. And I would ask my friends, like, do you see anybody behind me? And they're like, Michelle, who cares? You've got time. Like, let's do this thing. You know, keep running. You're almost there. And so, but I asked them, I can't tell you how many times I asked them. Shout out to Jill and Liz, by the way. You guys helped me get across that finish line that day. You're awesome. But I kept asking them, okay, do you see anybody now? Am I last? And they're like, you're not last. You know, they were kind though we get to about a quarter mile away from the finish line and there's a police officer standing on a corner and I'm pretty much in tears at this point. Am I last? And he's like, what? And I said, am I last? Am I the last runner? And he said, no, you're not the last runner. And I just like, just had this huge like relief. And then I was able to just run and finish the last of the marathon. And I will have to post that picture. Um, maybe I'll post it to my stories. The epic picture, my favorite picture ever of me seeing the finish line of my very first marathon. It's epic. It's it's my favorite picture. But but what I'm saying is that experience with that 10K with my husband saying what he said, it affected even my marathon. And uh, I don't know. It was just it was just frustrating, you know. Uh, it's also one of the main reasons why I also mentioned this before. I don't like having people come with me to races because it just pressures me. It causes me to think that I think during the whole race, if I know there's somebody waiting for me, I struggle and I, I feel pressured and I stress. So this, this has a huge effect on me even today. I just recently ran my first ultra marathon last month at Coldwater Rumble. And if you followed me on Instagram for a while, you'll know about my friend Holly and she was the one that was there at the finish line for me for my first ultra. And I had a hard time with that at first because I'm like, Holly, I'm slow. Holly, it's going to take me minimum this many hours and who knows how many hours it's going to take me and she just would keep saying i don't care i want to be there and she was insistent and i kept pushing back you know without offending i didn't want to offend her because i know she wants to be there for me but i still am affected to this day by what happened back then you know um so anyhow i've always just had a hard time if people say well can we come be there? It's like, no, you can't come be there. I don't bring my family to races because I still, to this day, stress out about people waiting for me at the finish line. So say all that to say, I'm glad Holly was there for my, the finish of my first ultra. She got me footage of me crossing the finish line. She was awesome. She didn't mind waiting. And I still stressed some when I was running the race, but I'm still really, really glad she was there. Okay. So when we're talking about pace again, a lot of people say they're slow and a lot of people say they're back of the pack or a lot of people say that, you know, I ran really slow today and then you see their time and and me, I see the time, their pace, and I'm like, that's not slow. Like I can't even run that fast for one mile, let alone six miles or whatever their, their run was that day. I have tried to run with other people and... There are two in particular I can think of. I've tried to run with them and it just does not work because I can't, I can keep up for a certain amount of time. But then when I have to slow down, they don't want to slow down if that makes sense. So it's too slow for them. Or if I have to do a run walk, that's not enjoyable for them either. So I don't like to run with people. I'm not saying I never will, and I have. But it's, there's just, there's a lot of stress involved in that. There's a lot of pressure when someone says, hey, let's let's run. You know, it's, it's very stressful for me because I have not met anybody yet that is as slow as I am. Okay, so that is what stressed me out about running my first Ragnar this past November was I am slow. And I definitely was the slowest one on our team. And I know I slowed our team down but we were not the last team to finish the Ragnar. Thank God, because I would have felt horrible. All right, I'm gonna go on a little bit of a tangent. We're still talking about pace, but I'm gonna go on a little bit of a tangent now, and I'm going to share my marathon and my ultra marathon times with you, not for the purpose of public humiliation, even though it is embarrassing in some ways, But I want to encourage you that in spite of what you see on social media, there are back of the pack people finishing these kinds of races. There are people that are out there and they're slow and, and it's okay. My times nobody, not one of you would tell me, Oh, Michelle, that's not slow it is slow. I'm just going to these are truly slow times. I'm not talking about slow to me times. I'm talking these are slow times. I don't have any qualms saying that or admitting that. I, I because honestly, I'm proud of every single finish when I think back to who I was and where I started, you know, at for almost 44 years old, where I am today, almost 49 years old, I am a million miles ahead. I am consistent. I work hard. I push. I am proud of every single step and I'm proud of every single finish. So don't feel sorry for me. Okay. I'm not in this to compete with anybody else except me. All right. I'm not, I'm not in a race to beat you. I'm in a race to beat the cutoff time because I want to get that finisher medal. All right. So. Let's just dive into it, okay? Mesa Marathon, my very first marathon, February of 2020. Listen to my finish time right here. Six hours and nine seconds, exactly. The cutoff time for that race was six hours. I was one of the last two or three people to get finish line photos because the photographer quit taking pictures at that point. Uh, There were people behind me. There weren't a ton. I want to say maybe 30 people that were behind me. did not get finisher photos. I did. That was six hours and nine seconds. And I will tell you this with a little bit of embarrassment, but that to this day is my marathon PR. I have not run a faster marathon since that day. Okay. It's out there in the universe now. Uh, June of 2020, I ran the virtual grandma's marathon. So this did not have a cutoff time because it was virtual. Uh, A little bit of a backstory really quickly, because I know this is getting on. Holly, who I already mentioned earlier, and I wanted to run grandma's together in Minnesota. We live in Arizona. Uh, Grandma's is a June marathon. We certainly were not going to be running a marathon in June in the Phoenix area. We didn't want to die of heat stroke. So, but we wanted to run by the beautiful lake and all that. course, COVID happened. The race got canceled. So I ended up running a marathon, full marathon, 26.2 miles alone in June in the Phoenix area. Did not get heat stroke, did a lot of walking. It took me seven hours and 20 some minutes. Okay. But I finished Long Beach Marathon, October of 2021. The cutoff time for that race was seven hours and 30 minutes that is one of the main reasons why I chose long beach marathon because of the very generous cutoff. I had said previously to my husband, I'm not running any more marathons. I think I even told my coach that no more marathons. I don't think either one of them believed me, which they were smart for not believing me, but I ran long beach marathon, which meant I trained through a brutal Arizona summer. (laughs) Yeah. Anyhow, Okay, you know how they say no new nothing new on race day? Well, you would have thought this is my third marathon, you would have thought I would not be stupid enough to do something new on race day, but I did. I decided why not run in compression socks for 26.2 miles. You guys, I never hardly ever ran in compression socks. If I did, it was for like 3 miles or 4 miles at the most, and it wasn't even comfortable. I didn't even like it. But for some reason I thought, "Oh, this will totally make my marathon experience amazing." Yeah. Okay. It was horrible at mile. I think 11. I I just had the hugest blister ever in the history of the world. It was terrible. It was awful. It was just, it was terrible. And I had these huge blisters on my, under my foot. It was terrible. And seven hours and 21 minutes and 33 seconds. Okay. next, we're going to talk about Chicago Marathon. I'm not going to go into a lot of specifics with that either, because I would love to do a full episode on experiencing Chicago Marathon as a true back of the pack runner. The cutoff for Chicago was six hours and 30 minutes. This was back in October of 2022. So just a few months ago. Uh, I said the cutoff was 6.30. This is a world major marathon, so it's one of the six-star marathons where if you finish the race before that cutoff, you earn a star. If you run all six world marathon majors, Tokyo, London, uh, let's see, Berlin, Chicago, New York, and Boston, you can earn a six-star medal. That's not why I ran Chicago. I just wanted to run Chicago for the fun of it. My finish time for that race was 7 hours, 18 minutes, and 13 seconds. I can give you a bunch of excuses why it took me so long. Um, I'm not going to do that right now. But there were actually a lot of very legitimate reasons. There was one legitimate reason. But my goal for that race was 5 hours and 58 minutes. And my coach had confidence I could do that. I had confidence I could do that. But I had a physical issue come up that I could not. I just, these things happen. Okay. Seven hours, 18 minutes, 13 seconds. I did not get to cross under the finisher's arch. I was diverted to a dirty sidewalk behind a chain link fence, handed a medal, and I think a bottle of water or something. It was less than exciting, but I finished. And okay. So, so far... That's three marathon finishes over seven hours. The last race I wanna talk about is Coldwater Rumble, which I just ran this past month. It was January 14th. The cutoff for this race where I was only running 52K, the cutoff for this race was 32 hours. And the reason why is this is a unique event in the sense that everybody gets the same amount of time to finish. So the course is open for the entire 32 hours for everybody. So this race had a 100-mile distance, a 52-mile distance, a 52K distance, a 20K, and I think an 8K. I was allowed 32 hours to finish my 52K. I was able to go into this race after all of these, you know, less than ideal marathon times in my mind. I was able to go into my first ultra with a sense of just joy and and relief and knowing that I had plenty of time to finish, that there was no way on earth it was going to take me 32 hours to finish 32 miles. that, that just, unless I got injured or hurt or something happened. So I was able to just run kind of relaxed. And I finished that race in 13 hours, 20 minutes and nine seconds. Okay. So when I tell you that I'm a back of the pack runner, I truly am a back of the pack runner. Okay. I'm not just throwing out random numbers or just saying that to get your sympathy. I am truly a back of the pack runner and and I'm proud of it. It's not that I don't ever want to get faster. It's not that I'm not willing to improve. It's not that I'm not willing to, 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 to improve myself because I certainly am. But also I'm 48 years old. I'm almost 49. I've only been doing this for five years. You know, you have to do what makes you happy. And what makes me happy is running for fun. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to qualify for Boston Marathon. I'm not trying to, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to get fast. I would like to, in, in, there's a part of my mind that where I would love to sign up for any race ever and not have to worry that I'm going to miss the cutoff or that the course is going to close and, or that I'll be last that that would be nice. But I also know that, that this is me and that there is room for me and for people like me in the running community. So I do not want to end this podcast on a sour or depressing note. After all, this is the fun of the run podcast, right? So I am happy and I do feel accomplished. And that although there is, like I said, there is a part of me that wishes I was faster so I could sign up for everything I would ever love to race or run. um, There's the bigger part of me that knows good and well that I still belong. And whether that's, you know, road running or trail running or ultra running, um, whether or not. I choose to race or just go out there and run. There's room for us in the running community. I do have to pick and choose races based on cutoffs. That's just a reality. Um, Do I want to worry about being swept? (laughs) You know, do I want to cover the distance? I have to kind of evaluate what are my goals um, with each individual race. Uh, But right now, the place that I'm at, especially this year, after last year being injured and training for Chicago and, and just different things, Right now, I'm in a place where I just want to enjoy the run, and I want to run without pressure, and I want to be there for the fun of the run. I think it probably depends on which season you're in, but I'm really digging the idea of not stressing this year and just running challenging courses and and races that are also fun. I don't feel less than anymore at all because I know that what I'm doing matters to me and makes me a better person. And, you know, yes, you know, maybe maybe sometimes comments are made that make me feel, feel bad or whatever, but overall, and for the most part, I am very thankful for the privilege it is to have a body that is healthy enough and strong enough to run as, as few miles or as many miles as I want to run. That is a privilege and that is a blessing. I would love to hear your thoughts on this subject. Please email me at fun of the run podcast at gmail.com. Direct message me on Instagram at Waddell Running Lady. I always love to hear from you and hear your thoughts. If you have any ideas for a future episode, please hit me up with those ideas. And again, thank you so much for taking time out of your day taking time out of something else that you could be listening to maybe on your run to listen to me ramble i appreciate it so much once again i'm michelle and this is the fun of the run podcast now go out there and enjoy your run